mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Tuesday's Off Air with me, Jane Garvey. And with me, Fee Glover. I just, I really struggle with the and me bit. Can we just say with Fee, with, with you and with me? Should we do that? Just with you well, and with me? Okay, let's do it all again. Hello and welcome to Off Air. With you, Jane Garvey. And with you, Fee Glover. <laughs> that's that's not no good either. <laughs> Dear God. Okay, let's just just we'll just from now on we'll just crack on let's at the start of the podcast because yeah. no, if you bother if you bothered to listen you know who we are yeah. and let's face it most people aren't going to bother to listen. No, so here we real. go. Welcome to off air on a Tuesday where we discovered that Jane's favourite part of her body are her beautiful feet. No, I said a part of my body I didn't dislike. My feet. But Stig now, Abel was somehow involved in this. I can't remember how or why. Did he say he'd had horrible feet? Yes, because he claimed, and I think this is outlandish, that a foot fetishist had attached herself to or on, attached herself to him on social media and was asking for photos. <laughs> okay, and he wondered... We've all heard this story. I mean, it's just He wondered whether sending her some pictures of his revolting feet would put her off. But you said correctly pointed out, probably not. No, I don't <laughs> think fetishes work that way. I, of course, and I think you might remember who it was, a radio presenter on another network did once send me a photograph of his feet, which I thought meant that our relationship was taking an unusual turn and not one I necessarily appreciated. <laughs> oh, dear. And every time I hear his voice now, I think, oh! Yes, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Known to HR, I think is the euphemism. Uh, we got lots of lovely emails today and this one comes from Jude who says, Hi, Fee and Jane, regarding Mr Ronaldo, I'm wondering if what we're seeing here is him having a bit of a strop because this is his first experience of not being picked for a team. Uh, something I'm sure most of us experienced at primary school and were told at the time was character building. Uh, so tonight you'll finally be able to see Piers Morgan. No, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow night you'll finally be able to see Piers Morgan. <laughs> it's literally. It feels like it's upon me now, Jane. <laughs> uh, and we were just saying it's one of the, it's so heavily trailed. Mm. Uh, we feel that we've seen quite a lot of it anyway. But I am, I confess, I've gone from thinking, well, I, I won't have to see it because I know so much about it. I think I probably will watch it. Oh, you, you will be watching yeah, it now. I think I will. 
Okay. You think you will. Well, yeah. keep us in suspenders, <laughs> won't you? Oh my God. I mean, the jeopardy's just off the scale. But, right. Well, let us know whether you make a decision and then you can always change it, I suppose. That thing about what you learn, uh, at, you know, when you're tiny uh, is so important in sport, isn't it? But it just never gets through in football. I've stood on the touchlines at my son's football matches and seen the worst of humanity on display in the parents who would then be exactly the kind of people I think who would go and shout loudly in a stadium at adults as well yeah. and the whole thing is just I find it increasingly bizarre. Did you ever shout? Uh, no not in the way no not not in that kind of way I mean obviously I shouted encouraging hummus based kind yeah. of love and attention sentiments. You, you chuck a pit of bread at a parent uh, yes. who defended you yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but no I haven't done that kind of uh, I, you know, uh, sledging yeah, yes, which is what it is well that is what it is yeah. I always struggle a bit to know what's appropriate to shout at sporting events and the only thing I could ever think of shouting at football was just go on Yep. <laughs> it's just, go on. Yeah, just it's, I, I never had anything more in my locker, which considering I'm not bad with words, is a bit disappointing. There was it? one fantastic dad who just used to shout all the time, that's your ball, to, to whatever, well, whatever position yeah. the ball and his son was on the pitch. And just, you know, eventually lots of opposing team parents were shouting back at matches. Because, because my children are so spectacularly unsporty, there was only one occasion which I had to witness the younger one in a netball tournament. And I, I dutifully plodded along because she'd never been chosen for anything in her life and she really wanted me to be there. So fair enough. I mean, it was a big moment for me. Um, in the entire match... She at no point handled or indeed came into any contact with the ball. <laughs> at the end of the game, she came huffing over and she was bright red in the face, hair stick, sticking to her head. And just, Do you think I was any good? And I just said, well, I... <laughs> <laughs> what did she say? <laughs> Based on crushing moments here. <laughs> so I just said, oh, I, darling, I thought you looked fabulous. You yeah. looked like you were really up for it. And she said, yes, I was. Yeah. You just the point is in a game involving a spherical object, at some point you as a participant have to at least hope to come into contact with it, direct contact with well, the spherical object. Hence that's your ball. That's your ball. That's your ball. That is your that's ball. Your ball. Yep. Go on. Oh dearie me. So uh we talked to Yotam Otolenghi today on the programme, didn't we? And he was really delightful. Uh and we had a couple of funny moments with him. <laughs> Which I wasn't really expecting. Uh, but he's got a new book out, which is all about what happens in his test kitchen. Wouldn't you love to work in the Otolenghi test kitchen? Well, interestingly, in our, this, uh, laughably, there is a suggested script for this podcast, if you can believe it. It says here, we started by asking him how he feels. Sorry, if he feels he's proved the naysayers who originally opposed him presenting Gardner's World wrong. Well... <laughs> I wish we had started the interview with Yossi Mosalenghi with that, because he would have been genuinely bamboozled. I tell you what, that's a question he's never been asked before, no. and we're always trying to get one of those in, yeah, aren't we? we? really are. Yeah. Oh dear, we've got a template problem, haven't we? We've got an issue. Yes, we have. We're going to have to go out in a flounce, probably start flinging slices of tomato around. Well, it's inevitable, isn't it? It's such a high-pressurised environment. <laughs> Don't take it out on a fruit. It is a fruit. Don't oh. get me going. Well, I think, just for fun... Uh, which is not to undermine uh, Yotam's interview at all because it was really delightful, but I think we should see whether it works. You start with that cue. Go on, read it properly. We started by asking him about how he feels. I still can't get this right, even when I'm pretending to. Anyway, 
We started by asking him about if he feels he's proved his naysayers wrong, the people who originally opposed him presenting Gardner's World. <laughs> right. Um, okay. <laughs> Okay, and I won't say almonds or almonds. Oh, no, don't. What, no, can I, no brilliant. What What would you say? Just do a natural uh, pronunciation. Okay, I'll say almonds. Almonds. No, almonds, he said. Almonds. I, they, they do like a hybrid, maybe. <laughs> don't, don't confuse the issue. <laughs> anyway, sorry, let's go back to being veg forward. What does that mean? Yeah. So uh, essentially it's, res- it's, you know, it's not, it's not a vegetarian cookbook. Um, but it's got, it really has a focus on vegetables. And I've always had, I've, I've done this for many years. So, um, even in my restaurants, the, the vegetables are at the very center of the menus. And, uh, and, and, and that's, and that's still the case, even in the cookbook. So I love vegetables. I think they're the best thing you can eat. Uh, but, um, but many people eat vegetables without being totally vegetarian or without being vegetarians. And and this book, like all the other books that came be, uh, before it, it, is really focused on vegetables and how you can really extract flavor out of them or inject them with flavor. So uh, all the extra good things which we can talk about are there to really um, get like, those vegetables tasting especially good. Okay. Uh, and the OTK then, this is the Ottolenghi Test Kitchen. And, and this is an actual place, isn't it? Yeah, it's the place, it's a place on the Holloway Road in in london and essentially it is where we create recipes uh there's a team there's a team about of about five or six recipe testers and this is where we test every single recipe that goes into books and into a newspaper columns that that and um, that we publish and also recipes that are, t- are tested for the our uh, london restaurants and delis products etc so it's the kind of the, it's the it's kind of the heart of the Ottolenghi hub in terms of of recipe creation, and it's really fun. So it's a, it, you know we we it's as you can imagine, delicious things are happening, but also really wonderful conversations about like you know what's going to go with what and what we're going to what are we going to serve this Christmas as opposed to last mm. Christmas. So it's total. It's always it's always it's always about food. It's very geeky technical conversations, but also <laughs> also very. Um, you know, it's what we want to what we want to eat. It sounds amazing. Can I just ask you something about the universal palate, though? Because if you've got lots of people who are taste testing things, you know, everybody likes slightly different things: uh, more heat, less heat, more salt, more sour, whatever, whatever. But sometimes when I watch those cookery programs, especially MasterChef, actually, they always talk about someone having a good palate, as if there is one kind of benchmark. Is there? I tend to think that there is all sorts of cultural variants and personal variants, but I I do think there's something about a really good, delicious dish when it kind of just hits the spot that is universal. With all the caveats of, you know, of all the things that are relative and how different we are from each other, etc. I do think that when you hit on something which tastes incredibly good, you know it. And so I would I tend to agree with that, you know, with the meat, it's got an optimal cooking level. Vegetables have their kind of also, I guess, optimal to cooking level, but also how much you can extract out of them. So when you when you taste something which is well done and is balanced, 
you recognize it and you know it. But when was the last time your your socks were absolutely blown off by a fantastic new combination of flavors or ingredients? So it's it's not necessarily something completely new every time you test something because there's things you know there is a limit to how much you can innovate in terms of like putting one thing um against something you've never had before that doesn't happen very often but the surprise or the or the innovation or the moment where you taste something you go oh wow that's wonderful that happens every single day when you we try things and i mean that's the beauty of of this these kind of creative environments and by no means the Australian condition is not the only place where recipes are created. It happens everywhere, and uh, where people create recipes for books or for every other for any other reason. Um, but you know, sometimes it's the smallest, minor um, um, variation that could make a huge difference. I'll just give you one little example today, just because it's fresh. I just had it a few hours ago. I was at the test kitchen. And uh, we have one of the recipe call recipe testers called Verena. She's a, a very talented baker and pastry chef, and she created the. I don't know if you know, but there's certain desserts that are called. It sounds terrible, but it's really good. It's like self saucing. Self saucing dessert is a dessert in which part of the rest of the of the of the pudding uh, is not completely cooked, so it's a bit of a sauce. Um, so she created this thing, which had um, which which was it it was. Um, an almond-based milk chocolate pudding, and as, as it, before it goes into the oven, it you, you after you you create the batter, you pour over a combination of cream and water, and that kind of accumulates in the bottom. So the bottom doesn't cook completely. So there's this kind of runny sauce going right. on on the bottom, which makes everything so delicious. And that does it. It was a kind of an eye-opening eye moment because I had that. And I go, oh. Gosh, that is so good. I have never had that. I had all the flavors together, but not this particular thing. And it was utterly delicious. Can I just ask you a question on behalf of people who have sort of a a few herbs knocking about, but can't usually access fresh herbs really quickly or just don't have the time to go out and buy them? So can we substitute, for example, uh, fresh thyme with just a bit of dried thyme? Does it work the same way? And and can we miss ingredients out if we just don't have them? Totally. And I mean, people have always talked to me about, you know, you, you look at your recipes, they've got such a long list of ingredients. I mean, do we do is it really absolutely essential to have everything there? And I always say, like, you know, it, it yet yeah, it's not the case. You can substitute things. So there's certain things you can omit. Uh, you can play around. And, and I mean, I kind of create a benchmark, uh, which is the t- the benchmark with which everything goes according to plan. But then, when you take one or two things element out, you should you're also going to be pretty happy when you try things. I've just spoken to someone who said, "Oh, you know, I don't like chilies. I don't like heat. So I cook all your recipes that are even the ones that are all about the chilies. I still make them, and they're still perfectly fine and delicious for me." So I, I think it's really okay as as long as the ingredient is not included in the title of the recipe. That's what Lou and my coffee You're okay. <laughs> uh, can we play uh, Ottolenghi Roulette, uh, whereby uh, you just pick a page number and we'll talk about the recipes? So you can go anywhere between page twenty-seven and page two hundred and twelve. Pick a number. Do I do that? Yes, yes please. Oh, 69. 69. Unusual do, number do, to pick, but do, there we are. Do, 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 do. Come on, Fee. Jay, don't. Well, don't. Just, just came into his head. Well, it might be his date of birth. You never know. The 69. Uh, <laughs> 
1969. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, Rotty, I know. Why did that come to mind? Look, let's just press move on. on, everybody. Rotty with Golden Rassam. I don't even know what Golden Rassam is. Great pick. What is it? So Rassam is a is a, is a broth uh, that is comes from the from the from India, and it normally would have um, tamarind and lots of spices and in this particular case we use uh, um, yellow tomatoes you can use red tomatoes but it's just how wonderful it is with the turmeric and the other kind of yellowish spices and it's it's got heat it's got ginger and it's it's really it's a kind of like a it's in a in a hot weather but obviously it's wonderful also in the winter it's got that kind of heat that really penetrates and makes you sweat and and with lots and lots of heat, lots of chili, mustard seed, etc. And obviously the rotis that, you know, people would know roti. It's a wonderful flatbread um, that you kind of dip. It's got, uh, our roti has got um, ghee, so it's cooked with ghee, which is clarified butter. And you kind of dip that in your, in your, um, in your golden rasam or the rasam broth with the turmeric and all the rest. And it's just wonderfully delicious. It looks beautiful. We have some love for you, Yotam, from Eileen. I cook Yotam's courgette frittata with paprika rather than cumin. I hate cumin and it's still a showstopper, says Eileen. <laughs> so you're right, people are just mixing and matching and doing what they like with your recipes, but loving, loving the results anyway. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Anonymous asks, after yeah. years of using dried curry leaves, not a patch on the fresh, which I've just tried. Shall I just chuck the dried ones in the bin and only use oh, fresh from now on? The- you shouldn't have bought them in the first place. Uh, so dried curry leaves are just, they, they just don't do anything. It's as if they've got no flavor whatsoever. So either fresh curry leaves, which freeze really well, so you can buy a bunch and, and keep them in the freezer, or just keep, like so many other ingredients, as we've we established, you can do without them. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't get the, the dried curry leaves. It's one of those things that really don't work. I don't say that about many ingredients. Many right. of them dry well, freeze well, go well in a can. 
but uh, but not curry leaves, unfortunately. Okay, thank you. If you only had a fiver and you were cooking dinner for four, which of your recipes would be a go-to one? Oh, you know, the, there's an opening. The opening recipe to the book is uh, is called beans on toast, but it's not any beans and it's not any toast. It's um, it's a kind of like uh, it's a kind of slightly a spice take on so it's butter beans that come from a jar or it can come from a tin but you can use other beans as well and there's a kind of a mixture of cheese cream and curry that you put on top and you toast it and whilst uh, the the toasts are being made and all the butter melts uh, the cheese melts and things go nice and crunchy you make a quick pickled onion which is lit as pickled onion red onion sliced with um with a bit of um cider vinegar and that pickled onion really happens within minutes. So obviously, you can make a jar and put it in your fridge, but that acidity really cuts into the richness of the beans. And it's it's a quick meal, and it's it's really fantastic. It's, it's ever like so 15 pretty. Minutes yep. It's beautiful because those um, the onions go the most stunning, um, almost kind of neon pink, don't they? That's right. So that looks very nice. Uh, you've got kids, Yotam. Do they eat as wide a diet as would be available to your customers in your restaurants? <laughs> They don't like coming to my restaurants, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> they, um, so we have, we have to, like, the only time I can get them into one of the restaurants is in the morning, like for breakfast. When, when, and then, you know, they, they'll have the scrambled eggs and, you know, but they, they find this food too intense. Too, there's too much going on. And they would say that. I mean, it's not like they're, they're too picky. I mean, they eat vegetables and they're okay, but they're, they, like, they can't stand the taste of preserved lemons. And if something is like full of, green bits lots of chopped herbs that puts them off so um yeah so that you know, i'm really like, reassured oh. to hear that but it is reassuring <laughs> i i do want to know though would you ever take them to such thing as a fast food emporium yotam they have you know um we've had a couple of those i live in camden so on the high street really just around the corner from us there's a bunch of um fast food restaurants and they they really gravitate and it's a it's a battle. I mean, we 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 kind of like I go okay once a month they can go to one of them. I won't mention any right. names, but they they get their fix. But you know, actually, I mean, they are good. Is with everything that I'm saying. I mean, if I love making rice, so rice or fried rice with fried onions and some and some nice vegetables, they'll eat that. I think what I with I learned with kids the best way with kids is just to give them more of what they want. So I mean, obviously they like starches. And they like pasta. So you just you just work with that and you just add more things. You load it with other nutrients, but at, rather than just make something that they would never touch. Kids always win. Yes, well, they do. Um, you've got uh, restaurants. Um, how are they doing? And are, are you concerned about how they'll fare over the coming months? So far, Touchwood, things have been okay for us in terms of the restaurants have been busy. I mean, we've been struggling on all kinds of fronts in the sense, I mean, like all other restaurants and so many other businesses in this country, uh, we've been struggling to recruit and maintain staff. This is a well-known and documented problem. And um, many people in our industry are campaigning now to open um, the open the country to more immigrants, qualified immigrants, people that can work in kitchens and, and in restaurants in general. So that's a, tr- a struggle. Uh, obviously, everything is more expensive. Uh, so far, we're we're doing okay, but I am worried about next year because I think people are going to feel uh, this crisis even more. The cost of living living crisis, and I'm, I am worried about how we will be able to sustain the businesses successfully. 
uh, with all these d- difficult um, conditions. Mm. Uh, on a completely different tip, we were discussing hummus in the production office before coming on air today. I don't know whether you have strong opinions about it, but do you like the pimping up of it? You know, you can get every type of hummus now, can't you, with the red pepper, the roasted garlic, the barbecue flavours, lime and mandarin mm. yeah. on top. Is it right? <laughs> you know, this is this is a thing. So I'm. Ha- it's it's a it's a cultural thing. So I grew up with hummus. Hummus is a staple of both Palestinian and Jewish um, residents of Jerusalem, the city where I grew up. So I love hummus and I love a really good hummus and I really don't like all, all these mixes. But, and that's a huge but, I realize that this is of my culture and of my heritage. So this is why I'm quite protective. But I've done my share of bastardizing the, the, the cuisines <laughs> of other places all over the world. So I can only speak for myself. I really, and But if people want to play, they can play. But I would never touch such a thing, especially not a beetroot hummus or a chocolate hummus. I think these are just abominations. I, well, I totally agree with you there. <laughs> Jotam Ottolenghi and that hummus. I am quite a fan of a good hummus, but they really do vary. And a little bit like you, I don't like the titivated ones. I really like the basic. Proper good hummus with lovely flatbread is delicious. But that beetroot and chocolate abomination should never, ever get to any shop. Yeah, I was very glad that he had some kind of stern thoughts yeah, about an impressive man. Extra Good Things is the name of his latest cookbook. I also just really liked his advice about you can leave any ingredient out apart from one that's mentioned in the title. I think I'm going to take that with me to my grave. Uh, We've had some really lovely emails. I'll leave you to read the one from Sean. Can I just do the one from Barnes? I don't know whether that's a person or a place really, but whatever. Uh, Jane and Fee catching up with podcasts this morning. I too thought airplane mode could only be used whilst on the airplane. So pleased to know it's not just me displaying IT ignorance. Friendships. A now ex-friend of mine said friendships were either for a reason, a season or a lifetime. So very true. This particular friend and I met at Twins Club, both first-time mums with two babies each. We were friends for 17 years through the ups and downs and in-betweens. She was my rock and I believe I was hers. Our friendship ended without discussion or exploration. Life's events took over and we went our separate ways eight years ago. About four years ago, we bumped into each other. It was perfectly amicable. We hugged, we exchanged pleasantries and we wished each other well. I do have three M4 friends, though. As a woman, I believe it's vital to have solid female friendships and drip feed this message to my young adult daughters. Men may come and go, but those sisters are ever present. So very pleased that we now have more of you. Uh, For people who are thinking, what is an M4 friend? Uh, It's just uh, something that a friend of mine once explained to me. It's not my idea, but it's the notion that you have at least one friend during the course of your lifetime, Mm. who, if they were driving down the M4 on their way to a glorious spa weekend and you phoned and said, I'm in trouble, I really need to see you and have a drink, they'd turn around and come back. Well, it would depend on whereabouts on the M4, I would. It's not you, don't worry. Oh, (laughs) okay. Or indeed how good the spa was. Um, Let's uh, bring in Sean's email. She's very nice, this. I've been catching up with a new show and I listened to Kaylee's account of being jilted on her wedding day. Now, that was... A long time ago. Really, weeks ago. But if you can go back, that was, I think, in our first week at Times Radio. Um, It was such such an incredible time because we were trying to embed ourselves in here and get used to everything. And the government was falling apart. Every day. Yeah, prime ministers were changing and people were resigning. It was simply never-ending. Anyway, in the midst of all that kerfuffle, we did interview... 
this wonderful woman called Kaylee, and she had been jilted on her wedding day. Sean says, I was struck by how brave Kaylee was to own what must have been a devastating situation and to continue to do so in the aftermath, which, as she stated, is arguably the most difficult time when everyone else has returned to their normal lives and she's still very much adjust adjusting to her new normal. I made the decision last Christmas to separate from my husband of almost 10 years, with whom I had two young children, after which I'm only now beginning to understand was an emotionally abusive marriage. Making that decision to leave took a long time and many, many months of anguish and guilt and distress, not least due to the fear I had about the potential impact on my children, my ability to cope both practically and emotionally and what I would lose. Fast forward to 11 months later and I've now moved across the country to be closer to my family. I've got a new job. I've bought my own home and I'm starting to build a new life for me and the children. I'm beginning to find the person I used to be and didn't even know that I'd lost. But I found it's taking time to come to terms with the grief of what I've lost, but also, more importantly, what would have been. I am plagued still by the feelings of never being good enough. But Kaylee's story has caused me to reflect on what it means to celebrate yourself and to make memories that you do want to keep with you forever. Um, how grateful I am, she says, for the friends who've travelled to see me in my new home and regularly keep in touch to see how I'm doing. I'm rambling now, but thank you for this welcome reminder, says Sean. Listen, you're, any rambling is welcome here because we're two of the great ramblers and we can take it, can't we? Very much so. And it's never a ramble, it's a life experience in our book. So anything that you'd like to tell us about it is Jane and Fee at times.radio. Joe got in touch. Uh, Joe is a survivor of bereavement by suicide, but uh, we did have another email as well from someone who wishes to remain anonymous because I referred to that terrible tragedy yesterday in the podcast uh, as committing suicide, and I fully understand that's not the form of words that people would wish to use anymore. Died by suicide is a more understanding phrase to use. So my apologies uh, for any offence caused and it's always a delight when you point things out to us. So please don't be shy on that front. We've got a bursting to the seams programme for you tomorrow. Hope you can join us. Who's on? Who's, on? who's well, in it? Wellness Wednesday and uh, the gong will ring and we're going to talk tomorrow about whether standing up is actually a better thing to do in your workplace than sitting down. I can't really, really going to try and keep an open mind for that one, Jane. No, I'm not going to bother. But so anyway, that's one of the things we'll be talking about. Also, uh, we'll chatting tech with young Katie Prescott, who's always a very, very interesting guest. Love chatting to her on a Wednesday. And our big interview is with the novelist Emma Donoghue. Now, she wrote Room and one of my favourite novels of the last couple of years, The Pull of the Stars. And she is the woman behind the film The Wonder, which is just dropping, I think, on Netflix this week and is in some cinemas as well. It's stars Florence Pugh and it's about one of the Irish fasting girls. I just thought it was absolutely riveting and also beautifully filmed but also just there's a lot to talk about around that subject so Emma Donoghue on the programme tomorrow. Okay, goodbye. You have been listening to Off Air with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover. Our Times radio producer is Rosie Cutler and the podcast executive producer is Ben Mitchell. Now you can listen to us on the free Times radio app or you can download every episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget that if you liked what you heard and thought, hey, I want to listen to this but live, 
Uh, then you can, Monday to Thursday, 3 till 5 on Times Radio. Yeah. Embrace the live radio jeopardy. Thank you for listening and hope you can join us off air very soon. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com